Hey there, sir. You might have noticed no episode last week. That is because we forgot to record an episode last week. So, sorry, I forgot to hit the record button. And it turns out that I am very bad at hitting record buttons because I also forgot to record the first half of this episode. So this is going to be a short little mini episode um, while I try to remember how to do my job. Okay, bye. Then Josie's at Pops and she asks her dad if she can go on tour with him. And then the robbery happens, um, and Pops tries to shoot them with a shotgun. Iconic. He's like, I've had enough of this bullshit. I'm going to shoot you. I think Pops is done with people robbing his chocolate shop. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. Also, their disguises are really bad, because, like, they are still wearing their jackets. So I don't know why they didn't disguise themselves as, like, gargoyles. And, like, because with the snake, things and their jackets they immediately like make it lead back to the yeah and there's like, only like four to... serpents anyway i it's so dumb and it goes very poorly then jug punches kurtz in the head oh hell yeah and then they yeah. take it and then they they're like we can't be here the cops are gonna come and then they're like oh do i know a place and i'm like i know a place too I know a place where you could take him and it would be so sanitary. Then Betty tells her dad that he's being moved to the other prison. And she also tells him that Juniper and Dagwood are going to be adopted. And he tells her that Penelope will help get them out. But he's also like, that must not happen. Like, what is this actor doing? He's, he's acting really weird. doesn't know what he's doing. I think... Hal's actor has, has completely lost what his character is at this point. Yeah. He watched Silence of the Lambs <laughs> and he said, this is me now. And that's what he's doing. And then when he showed up on set, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa was like, mm, can you give me a little bit more Silence of the Lambs? And then we got here. He even put him in the same like set. Then Betty goes to Penelope and... Um, makes Penelope feel horrible by reminding her that she was a child bride. Uh, and then Penelope and her go to the farm. Penelope says they, she negotiated and they let her have Dagwood, but not Juniper. And that's the best they can do. I don't like that they specifically kept the girl, especially if we are talking about a cult that involves some random ass guy marrying a bunch of women Probably also some of them when they're younger. I don't like it. I none of them were his children, though. Like, none of the people he married have been related to him, nor have been adopted by him. Yeah, but his wife does pretend that um, he's her dad. Yeah, but that's more like a kink thing. Ew, stop. Um, but Betty specifically says you can't separate them. They're twins. I got some news for you, Betty. They don't know they're twins. They're babies. <laughs> um <laughs> they won't know those that. babies are like two like they I, don't know that i get that the babies like don't 
still don't know that they're twins, but they're two. Like at some point, they become toddlers. But they they don't know. No, she's holding him in a little baby thing. He's still a newborn, and he doesn't know he's doing. He's he's six weeks old. All right. Their growth has been stunted because they didn't get vaccinated. They both have meningitis. Everyone knows that when you drop your babies into fire, it makes them younger. <laughs> but just the way Betty says, you can't separate them. They're twins. It made me laugh. So I'm like, Betty, they're what? <laughs> Why does it matter that they're twins? And you just shouldn't separate them because that's messed up. I'm just keep getting struck by how plot relevant Penelope being a child bride continues to be. Yeah. I forgot yeah. all about it. I did too, and Betty just, like, loves to bring up people's past trauma and be like, hey, you should do this because of your trauma. But also, Penelope's like, well, we at least got one, and that's better than not having any, and Benny's like, no. But I, but I'm like, well, uh, yeah, getting one is, like, better than not having any. I do not remember how they get Juniper out of there. They They don't? They don't? Question mark? They wait until the call is, like, done? I don't know, honestly. I have a weird memory of maybe, like, Tony running out with Juniper. I This season goes off the rails for me a little bit at this point. <laughs> and so I don't actually know what's happening. Then Jug, sorry, Jug and his mom are in the sex bunker. Let's go, baby. Sleepy time is over, Kurtz. I think it would be fun to to be knocked out in someone's living room and wake up next to a bunch of dildos and vibrators. I think that just seems like a fun little... That sounds scary. Little change. That's scary. No, I I mean, it'd be scary. But, like, (laughs) what a change of scenery that is. Jug had to go down there first and be like, Mom, stay here. I have to clean up some things. (laughs) Give give me a sec. He rips his Justin Bieber poster off the wall. (laughs) Then Veronica, I liked that joke. Veronica meets with Josie and Archie to talk about the fundraising event. Sick. Yeah, sure. Then Kurtz gives Gladys a Cyclops card. All right. Oh my God. All right, baby. Now, the Cyclops (laughs) is referencing Penny Peabody. If you do not remember Penny Peabody, that is to be expected. Penny Peabody, also known as the Snake Charmer, was the Serpent's legal advisor and also, like, manipulative little person who was best known for never taking any physical action by herself and always using manipulation instead. Now, the show has forgotten this, seeing as this is the second time in a row that instead of using manipulation, Penny just sort of chooses to, to fight people straight up. Despite Which we fact, know she can't do because she got skinned by a group of 13-year-old boys. But And she continues to lose. Yes. Which which would posit to me, at some point, someone that's smart enough to know law should know when to just cut their fucking losses. <laughs> anyway. So this is just the scene where Gladys is given the Cyclops card. And the next scene is Josie's dad skipping her performance. Josie. Um, Josie sounds like garbage. You know who actually covered this song well? Santana. Santana. Like she, but we don't have to have that conversation. But this, 
you can't do it, Josie. Josie, you'll never be Santana. No. <laughs> then Archie physically assaults Elio in a parking lot. Right. Okay. So here's the shtick. Elio was like, I'll give you all of the money that you won from the fight. And Archie was like, no, I don't want your blood money. And Elio was like, really? You don't want you don't want money? And Archie said no. And then Archie was like, wait a minute. They're, Elio's not helping pay for Randy's whatever the hell. Because the U.S. healthcare system is the real, real villain. And so Archie was like, wait a minute. This would be really easy to solve if only I had some money. And decides, wait a second. Elio has that money. Let's just beat up Elio. All of this would have been solved if Archie just took the money. Yes, that's true. I agree. <laughs> then we have the scene that I'm sure Mommy Ninja Fight wants to talk about. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you have infor- background information mm-hmm. on it. Which is Penny and Gladys mm-hmm. fight with little daggers mm-hmm. while Josie sings back to black in the background. Take a shot. Someone sings over the background of a fight in the Riverdale episode. Take a goddamn shot. Anyway... <laughs> I just want to know who in the writer's room was like, all right, our final like conclusion to the Penny arc and the Gladys arc is going to be a fight between these two 50-year-old women. And Roberto Aguirre was was feeling it in his head and he was like, yes, yes. What do they fight with? And the person so confidently was like, you know that thing that ninjas use? And Roberto was like, yes, I do. Let's do that. And then they did it. And then no one else in the writer's room was like, wait a second. Why the f- would they fight with size? They're in a gang. They fist fight, right? Like, that's what gangs do. Poses. At some point, Penny's just like sitting like this. It looks so dumb. This is the auditory podcast. This is, this is an anime fight. This is, they have their anime moments. I don't get this fight. Cole Sprouse has gone on record as saying this was the scene that he didn't know what to do acting wise, which like, I get it. You're two, you, like two moms are ninja fighting. I get not knowing what to do, but also this was the first scene that you didn't know what to do with. I was trying to find his exact quote because I know he said like, I had no idea how to act during this scene at all. And like, I wanted to find it, but I couldn't. Nobody said that. Who did they bring in for fight choreo? And like, when they told them, yeah, we want to do a ninja fight between two moms with size, were they just like, okay, where are the moms? I love this scene. This I feel like this scene is peak Riverdale. Yeah. I think there's many scenes that like define Riverdale. Cyclops versus Candyman. <laughs> Cyclops versus Candyman is just the weirdest <laughs> WWE match. This scene is so good. Oh, right. Um uh, Gladys wins the fight. That's probably important to note. And she almost kills Penny, but Jug says, "No, no, 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 no." You don't have to kill her. You already beat her. And so instead, Gladys stabs Penny in the leg, continuing the trend of Penny not being allowed to just die and instead just being slowly but surely tortured by one family. Penny cannot get a break. 
<laughs> she's missing her skin, her eye, like so much stuff. Now she has a leg wound on top. I just yeah. At some point, it stops being like, "Oh, Penny the villain," and instead becomes Penny the person who is the routinely abused. Penny the punching bag. Also, Gladys ends up with a ruptured kidney. What the fuck did they do? I don't know. Maybe they punched Jug in the knees or something. I don't. Um. That's a kidney see... joke. We that no one got. Josie's dad did show up to her performance. I don't care. <laughs> I don't Then Weiss tells Betty that Evelyn is Edgar's wife and is actually 26. I just, I, it really hits you that she was, she was, she did cult things at 16. Yeah. And that she hasn't stopped since. That like, this was a high school scheme. Yeah. Can you imagine committing to a high school bit this hard? <laughs> Then Archie meets with Randy's sister and gives her money, and he's the hero, and yay, Archie. Yeah, you've solved the U.S. healthcare <laughs> crisis. They didn't have to go on Kickstarter. Archie Andrews could fix the Roe v. Wade overturning if he wanted to. <laughs> oh, um, he's, like, he's like King Arthur. He would return when the world needs him most. Oh my God. Then Tony helps Betty take Juniper back. But uh-oh, Tony has betrayed her and is actually in the farm, which is exactly what happened two the episodes ago. Time. Wow. So Tony leads Betty to a little room where everyone in the farm is there and they're like, join us, Betty. And then Betty's like, no. Join us, Betty. And then everyone chases Betty in a straight line well, out at, of the farm. At first, Edgar's like, everyone you care about is here. Your mother, your sister, your best friend, your principal, like... No, I want to go back. He says, you're, he says, everyone you love is here. Your mom, your best friend, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is her best friend? Who's it It's the classic B&K caper. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe that they bring up her principal. Like, why the fuck would you join a cult? Because your principal's there. That's... You know what? I wasn't going to, but I saw my man over there. And I, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Have you lost a finger? I really feel like all Betty Edgar Edgar shippers, like all two of them. Um, but they're very committed. Really love this scene. Like this is the scene their headcanon's based on. This in the take off your shirt scene. I feel like really do it for them. Yeah. Anyway, when they're chasing after her, they all yell Betty, and I heard Kevin specifically yell Betty, and it was so funny. <laughs> They're all chasing her in a straight line. And this show's a comedy. I'm convinced. Yeah. Then Jug is led to two doors. He opens a door. If these doors are in the middle of nowhere, like outside, by the They're way. They're also refrigerators, just to be clear. Yeah. Jug opens a refrigerator. And I don't... He's like, get in it. Kurt says, get in it. Get but, in and Jug says, not in tomb. Yeah. Not, not until I know Jellybean's safe. So Jug calls Jellybean and she's safe. And then he gets in the freezer and then Kurtz is like, Ricky, kill the princess. And Jug's like, no. And then he's locked in the freezer. I think we should use the term ice tomb more often. What a fun thing to say. Like, bye bye, my chicken nuggies. Have fun in your ice tomb. <laughs> That's funny. 
Thank you. Anyway, Jug breaks out pretty fast. And then he sees the garg. And, and Kurtz is just dead. Yeah, Kurtz is dead now. Look, thank God. No pomp and circumstance. The main guy for the series season, gone. And you're like, who did that? You turn, you see the gargoyle king. Sure. And then Jughead just sprints. Josie tells Archie that she's going to go on tour and they break oh, up. I don't. Suck it, loser. You're not endgame. I don't know. Archie's dated three pussycats. Because Veronica was a pussycat. Yep. And Cheryl was a pussycat for a period of time. He could have gotten But he four. didn't date her. He could have gotten four. To think. Um, Archie could Jug have dated four out his... of three pussycats. <laughs> Jug um, talks to Gladys in the hospital and says she can't keep running with Jellybean because it's not good for Jellybean. Oh, right. So they, he's seen that Jellybean's okay, right? And that Ricky just sort of left? I guess. Cool, 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 cool. Why did Ricky just leave? I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Ricky's already been the gargoyle chill killed, with murder. The gargoyle king killed Kurtz, picked up the phone, and said, never mind. And then hung Never up. mind, bestie. The only other thing that you can assume is that Ricky, in the time that they've played G&G, has fallen deeply and madly in love with Jellybean. Yes. And that he couldn't bring himself to kill her. And that's my headcanon. My headcanon is that in the background of season three, there is a very vivid and lovely childhood romance. But I think it's funnier if the Gargoyle King picked up the phone with his <laughs> giant hands and said, no, no, no. no. Keep her alive. Like, Wait a second. You sound a lot like Chick. No. no. Shut up. <laughs> then, what the fuck does this say? What? More Elio steam talk. Oh, yeah. more Elio steam talk. Elio and Hiram are in the steam room. Hiram is disgusting, a disgusting little man. And he tells, not like what he says because he looks ugly. Uh, he's not dying. And then Hiram tells Elio that he has Hiram's financial support and he knows Archie wanted to kill him in the hospital. This whole time he's known. I don't get this like why is elio under hiram's control how does that track we don't know cool i genuinely do not know cool cool there's four episodes left of this season i'm sure they'll clear it up by the end they're really good at doing that um then veronica encourages archie to box again goddamn and Gladys tells Jellybean that she needs to stay with Jug and FP while she leaves, and she says goodbye. What Ooh, happened to Jellybean and Gladys being a team at the beginning of the season? Nothing. They're still a team. This is a long con. Season four was actually planned by Gladys. It would have been <laughs> more interesting if Jellybean and Gladys were a team, but then Gladys genuinely realizes that she needs to go and leaves Jellybean there, but Jellybean only wanted to be there in the first place to like follow yeah. through on the plan and now it's canceled and she doesn't know what's going on that would be interesting mm -hmm. yeah i agree that would be interesting that's not but, what happened <laughs> no it's not what happened at all um veronica tells betty that betty's dad died while being transported to the new prison and that's it how's dad he's really dead and he's definitely not okay he's definitely totally dead he's dead. definitely and i i really appreciate when they kill off characters off screen 
um, and without a body because it really makes me so confident that they're actually dead. Yeah, and later we definitely find out that there's a lot of his body left to identify him. Definitely. Yeah, so much. So there's just like a swath of DNA evidence. And Dr. Curdle yeah. Jr. being so good at his job will definitely make the right call. Yeah. Four out of ten quest cards that all lead to pops. 3.7 out of 10 fights between moms. 2 out of 10 crispy serial killers. Crispy? Because he's burnt to a crisp. Uh, that does make sense. Thank you, Sarah, so much for listening. I have been Mommy Ninja Fight. I have been Insidious Bastard. And I've been Pissed Cup. Make sure to hide your sex toys before mom comes home. And donate to abortion. Oh, funds. yeah. Yes. Actually, definitely do that. And throw <laughs> bloody tampons at uh, anti abortion people. That is probably less impactful than the donation thing, but it's funny. <laughs> so it's really do the duality both. of man. <laughs>